The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games to play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the chips and dip of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, guy who likes his chip and dip ratio to be 50-50. Josh, how are you doing this evening? Hey, I am doing pretty good how about yourself not too shabby uh okay i know texture is a big thing with you yeah do you like chip dip <laughs> uh not really uh, i do like salsa okay uh I'm that was gonna that. be my next question is salsa a dip oh i don't know i mean the act you do actively dip into it right so i guess it just depends on your definition of dip i can do ranch but i don't usually put chips and that that's usually vegetables right but it is called ranch dip so i guess maybe the definition is the act so i guess salsa could be considered a dip because you don't exclusively dip it that's true so you also sometimes put it on top of things uh also there's tostito scoops so technically you could be scooping it (laughs) (laughs) So chips and scoops. Uh, okay, so if someone said, hey, Josh, do you want some dip? And they offered you salsa, would that throw you off? Yeah, I probably would, right? Just by right. Like, if someone's like, you want a sandwich and they hand you a hot dog? <laughs> <laughs> it would probably throw me off. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so we're on the salsa is not a dip train. I think if you, yeah, yeah, uh, like 70-30. <laughs> okay. You could be swaying me. What about guacamole? Is guacamole a dip? Yeah, I think guacamole is a dip. It's also a topping, though. I think any dip can also be a topping, though. Right. So why salsa is not a dip, but guacamole is a dip? Why? Maybe texture. Is it because salsa is, in general, like... Liquid. Okay, I was going to say, do you prefer a liquidy salsa, or do you prefer a more, like, pico de gallo style, less liquid salsa? Past Josh preferred liquidy like mm-hmm. I didn't like I didn't like to put a a chip into salsa and pull out onions and peppers. Right. That kind of bugged me. And that was I think maybe even texture. Uh now that I'm eating more onions and peppers regularly in my diet, I actually enjoy getting a good like scoop of of salsa with with like bits in it. But mm-hmm. the but the chip actually hides I think the texture problem for me. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, I'm a. I really enjoy dip, probably more than I should. I'm a big fan of like French onion dip. Yeah, yeah, big fan of that. And of course, you have to make it at home. None of this. And <laughs> by at home, I mean you buy the onion soup mix and just mix it with a thing of sour cream. I'm not gotcha. rendering down my own onions, though. I could try. That. I've thought about trying that sometime. <laughs> I've not gotten to that point. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of chips and dip, and probably the fifty fifty ratio. Not quite there. I definitely like. I don't want the dip to be overwhelming to the chip, but you have to have the saltiness balanced out with like the fattiness of what that dip offers, you know? I do. 
Actually, you know what I do miss, which kind of goes against my texture policy, <clears throat> is uh, port cheese and crackers. What kind of cheese? <laughs> port, like the wine. Port cheese. Oh, port. Port. I thought you said pork. Pork cheese. Pork cheese. I was like, <laughs> okay, I guess maybe it's like some sort of head cheese that I'm not yeah, aware of. That yummy. could be a thing. <laughs> Pork no, cheese miss, and crackers. That sounds good. I used to do that when I was a kid. Like my dad would eat it, so we would we would also like emulate him. And uh, yeah, I actually really enjoy it. It's just not something I do very often. Uh, is queso a dip? You know, I'm a little bit wishy on that. Like, I people use it as a dip a lot, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're dipping in it, it's a dip. <laughs> that's, that's true. There's uh, one of the burrito places around here, which I know you've never eaten a burrito, so you might not be able to, you know, relate to this <laughs> quandary. But uh, one of the burrito places around here that's very popular in Iowa, they the big reason a lot of people like it is they say their queso is so good at this place. So when you get a burrito, you get the queso in the burrito. My argument has always been: if you need to put the queso on, everything else in their burrito stinks. Oh, it's like putting A1 sauce on a steak. Yeah, and like their queso is pretty decent, and I don't mind getting like chips and queso as a side. But to me, if you're putting that queso in the burrito, that means that everything else in the burrito probably isn't that amazing. Yeah, I hear so, you. I, that's a good yeah. argument. There's an argument for that, yeah. <laughs> Any, And I'm sure other people are going to tell me I'm wrong. That's fine if you're listening and you tell and you think I'm ridiculous. I, I would love to hear your argument to the... To the other side of that. And I would also <laughs> love to know, is guacamole a dip? Is salsa a dip? Is queso a dip? What are your thoughts on those things? These are the important questions we're asking on board with video games. Anything else, Josh, we want to talk about before we get into the show proper this week? Uh, No. <laughs> All right. We have a lot of fun things, a lot of topics this week, so I'm pretty excited. I get excited. distracted. I'm sorry. My friend literally just texted me a picture of her baby that was born, <laughs> and I did not know it was coming. <laughs> So I got <laughs> I got surprised real quick. I mean, didn't know they were co- it was coming as in you knew she was pregnant but not do so soon or Yeah, everything with coronavirus really uh just kind of messes me up time-wise. Uh, no, I could totally understand that. I have a I have a friend who I hadn't seen in quite some time and then ran into them oddly enough one time and I was like, oh my gosh, you're super pregnant. I had no idea. So I can understand <laughs> how thrown off that would be, but I just thought it would be really funny if all of a sudden they were like, hey, look, here's my baby. And you had no idea they were pregnant. That would have been <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I don't think you'd find that as funny as I did. Anyway, moving on, (laughs) housekeeping. Thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome things over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We are a proud part of Play Some Video Games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We are absolutely thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far, and if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our show with someone who you think would enjoy it as well. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all of the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that is right for you. With that, Josh, throwing it over to you, what is your first topic of the show? Well, let's... I mean, I went a little light because you have definitely the the better, the heavier topics this week. 
I don't uh, know. One of yours is pretty heavy, I feel like. <laughs> so we're going to start off with something I, I originally found on Facebook in a board game group or a video, or maybe it was a video game group. Now I'm forgetting where I found it. Basically, this, this uh, dad <clears throat> took to Reddit under the um, am I the a-hole uh, group oh, where, yes, where yes, people yes. post things they've done and uh, ask, am I, am I the jerk for, do- am I the jerk for doing this or was what I did just so it's about a dad punishing his nine-year-old son. And the story behind it is um, since schools have been closed, uh, his son has been waking up late around nine or so. Uh, nine or ten, <clears throat> yet his father had set the rule of waking up at seven a.m. So he set up an alarm clock for his son so that he would wake up on time. Uh, but his son kept s- sleeping through his alarm, and mm-hmm. it disappointed his father. So he talked to his son about waking up on time. He warned him against sleeping in late. The boy agreed uh, to his father's instructions, and he started waking up on time. However, he had gone back to sleeping in late for the for the past week afterwards and it made his dad mad um so his father gave him one last warning um but the boy slept until 11 a.m after being giving his warning um and his his father decided to take actions uh now what they don't mention if you read his posts um he says things like i told him there would be consequences he never told him what the consequences would be uh, obviously like I'm not defending what happened, what I'm going to tell you what he did, but uh, what I'm going to say is everyone's stressed out in this, especially parents who were stuck at home with their children. So I can understand where it can be frustrating. Uh, but what the father decided to do was he went onto his son's, I think it's PC, um, yeah. and he deleted his son's Minecraft world. Yep. That his son has been working on for over a year and had been showing off to his father about how happy, how proud he was of it and how much work he had put into it and all of this stuff. And he wrote like on the thing like, you know, my son, he won't eat. He won't talk. He's been crying nonstop for days. What do I do? And he did not get any kind responses uh, back from Redditors. In fact, a lot no. of people told them their own experiences about their parents doing things like that to them and how their relationships have been torn, how they've never forgiven their parents. Some people are right. saying, good luck at the therapy in the future. Some people are saying, wow, you couldn't have thought of a different solution or you couldn't have told him what the consequences were. This is what you went to at first instead of taking away computer time. Uh, so people went kind of crazy on him. So I think my question to you is, do you think the punishment equals the crime? No, not at all. <laughs> I'm not a parent. I don't, I have said multiple times, I don't want to pass judgment or tell people how to parent. I, I don't think that's for me to do because I am not a parent, but my goodness, when I read this, Hoofda, that seems a little bit of an overreaction. And I'm reading through, as you were talking about it, I was reading through the Reddit comments. And my lord, people have not been kind. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's over 1,500 comments on this, which is a lot. 
And people have really let this person have it. I think some of the highlights, uh, one person, one user, Jen Doke, said, good for you. You've taught your son an important lesson. Never share anything you're excited or happy with with your parents because it can and will be weaponized when they're unhappy with you. This is an important life lesson that will serve him well as he learns to keep every aspect of himself a secret from you up until he turns 18 and cuts you out of his life entirely. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, here's one from Huge Purple Hippo. I have to really read these before I say them out loud, but that's a great <laughs> username. Nice work, Huge Purple Hippo. Uh, he worked on that thing for more than 11% of his life, <laughs> but he doesn't have explicit memories of the first two to three years and only has full adult-like memories since six or seven. So it's more like a third of the life he remembers. So not a windshield. <laughs> a better comparison would be a very detailed, hard-to-make hobby piece you have worked on for 10-plus years. So yeah, yeah. this seems i think maybe take away the computer privileges for a while maybe try to figure out what's going on as to why your son isn't sleeping as well or getting up when they typically did i know i have a heck of a time getting out of bed in the morning and i'm old (laughs) and old people aren't supposed to need sleep and i'm struggling so this seems like an overreaction to me josh what do you think i think it's terrible i really feel like i kept trying to relate like i get angry with my son he's only three um, and I can only imagine something like this, at least for us, like this is kind of in our, our wheelhouse, our hobby. Like I can understand what kind of accomplishment that is. Why I couldn't, I would never punish my son by taking away one of his accomplishments. There's in my head, there were so many different ways to handle it. The, I think his biggest problem is going to the internet and telling people what he did because he was clearly second guessing a decision he made out of a moment of anger. Right. You know, and you know, a lot of people were saying like, you got to cut the kid some slack. He's away from his friends. No one has ever lived like in something like this in our generation. Like he doesn't know that he's doing something wrong necessarily. And like, that is also the other problem. None of us are in that house. So we also don't know anything other part of that story but still i don't think and also these people who post funny videos of parents unplugging the tv or computer when their kids are playing Fortnite, horrible just right you gotta manage that better yourself cut down on tv time whatever but doing things like that they unplugged it so they had left tv time (laughs) But those people are, they're not just doing it as a punishment. They're doing it because they think it's funny. Right. And when you're punishing your child and you're getting some satisfaction out of it, you're not really punishing them. You're doing this for your own satisfaction, which is sick. (laughs) Yeah. What I equate this to, and I don't know, it probably isn't even remotely still the same. I just think about, say that kid had you know, done uh, a picture of his family in art class in school and got an A on it and brought it home and it was hung on the fridge and then they woke up late. So you take that picture off the fridge and rip it up in front of them and throw it away. Like, that's what this feels like to me, but way more extreme because he worked on this thing for over a year. I really feel horrible for this kid. Uh, (laughs) It's kind of a mess. Yeah, yeah. this is is really, really sad. The, The thread is now locked. So you can't add to it. But yeah, this is quite the situation here. My goodness. Oh, boy. Yeah. Do we think that 
this is similar to how we think this is an overreaction by the parent that, you know, the kid was sleeping in, maybe struggling. Do we think maybe that the same challenges the the kid was feeling and experiencing, which made it harder for him to go to bed and wake up? Do you think maybe that this parent overreacted because of the situation as well of, of everything that's going on, of being cooped up? Of, of all these things that this parent might not normally do something like this, but because of the situation, because we're giving the kid a lot of slack, right? And saying, hey, the world's a little bit ridiculous right now. Do we think maybe the same is true for the parent and that's why they reacted the way they did? Yes, I do think so. I don't, I'm not necessarily judging him on all of his, like, like maybe like this is just one specific action, but yeah, uh, I think... Anyone in this situation could and may overreact to anything, like because we're all put to different degrees of stress that we're not used to having, and sometimes you just don't know how you're going to react to those things. And I don't, I don't think that. Well, I don't know. I mean, this, it's hard to judge, right? But it's definitely possible, even plausible, that he's just his dad's just under a lot of stress. We don't know if he lost his job. We don't know right. what his work situation is. We don't know if the mom is in, is in the family. We don't know if he has any more kids. Like, there's a lot of variables. Um, do I think his son will eventually forgive him? I hope so. But you don't know. Like, that's just right. like... I teach my son when he is, like, go acting crazy to stop and take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. And I've also been doing that myself. And also... My wife will say it to me if she sees me stressing out, and I'll say it to her. Like, you kind of have to find that way because I've definitely overreacted to things. Right. Um, or yelled at my son too loud because I was frustrated too. Um, and sometimes you feel bad about that stuff. I yeah. mean, you feel bad for reacting, but you're also doing it out of stress and frustration. So, um, and I, I promise you, even though you might feel like you'll feel better after you do it, it makes you feel worse. <laughs> so oh, you're not imagine. actually feeling better at all. Do you think the dad should apologize? Yes. Okay. He should also I, tell him he overreacted because at least if he can make his son understand his reason why he did it. Right. Maybe that he'll be more forgiving of his father. Right. Yeah, I think the parent uh, apologizing and saying, hey, I apologize. I overreacted. Sometimes, even though I'm the parent, sometimes I get things wrong, I think is an important thing that could happen in this situation from the person who says they never tell parents what to do. Yeah. So uh, anything else about uh, this situation you want to talk about? No, I mean, when you go to punish your kid, just think about what the punishment is first <laughs> yeah don't delete their minecraft world they've been working on for a third of their life yeah maybe celebrate celebrate their accomplishments don't go into their room and throw their baseball trophy against the wall because they didn't wake up at 7 a.m <laughs> right for sure all right josh my first story comes from games radar and this was kind of all over the place but uh a story here by leon hurley over at game radar games radar says an eight-year-old canceled Prince of Persia game no one knew about just turned up. The story goes on to say, quote, barely days after a fake Prince of Persia 6 website domain came and went, gameplay for a previously unseen canceled Prince of Persia sequel has been discovered on YouTube, where it's apparently been quietly sitting, minding its own business for the last eight years. 
I'm just first watching question. it now. It looks really good. So I was going to say, first question, Josh. How do you think it took eight years for anybody to find this? I don't know. Uh, I guess, was it hidden well? I don't know. <laughs> well, and people, it says that, you know, it's possible that it was unlisted or private for a while. Yeah. So that could be why it's been on so long before anyone found it. So you're watching the video right now? Yeah. It looks pretty good, doesn't it? I'm, I'm pretty impressed, especially for the age of the game. Uh, it makes, right. me, ra- basically- it makes me want more Prince of Persia. I know, and this was basically a pitch video to say, hey, we should, we want to make this game. So, you know, even then it's not as polished or anywhere near as polished as it would have been when it was done. Yeah, it looks, I mean, they got a lot going on in one little thing, like in-world events happening around the character and pretty cool fights. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed that this isn't a game that we got to play. (laughs) Right. Uh, the article states, quote, evidence this canned sequel exists has actually been seen before with 3D level artist Christopher Christoph Prelo listing a, quote, Prince of Persia untitled canceled, unquote, for PS3, Xbox 360 and PC in 2010. His work on that lasted oh. a year and generated an entire level of a Persia city in destruction with scripted events. The description definitely matches up with the game play here. Josh, do you really want a new Prince of Persia game? I didn't know that I did until I saw this. This is incredible. <laughs> There's so much going on. It's insane. So he, he He's on top of a giant octopus now. <laughs> right. That's underneath a city. or it's There's a lot going on. Yeah, I didn't know that I wanted a new Prince of Persia, but I, I do now. I know. It looks so cool. Maybe, uh, maybe Ubisoft, it, they are putting out a new one, and they, they leaked this so people would see it. So, interestingly, and this is what I thought was pretty cool about it, uh, Jonathan Cooper, who is ex-Naughty Dog and former Assassin's Creed animator, said qu- on Twitter said, Wow, haven't seen this in ages. Amazing work from animation director Kai Wynn and team. Uh, and Kai apparently works on For Honor. This target game footage, pre-rendered game pitch, inspired our own pitch for Assassin's Creed 3 as they did such a great job making it look like real gameplay. So, oh, it's not real gameplay. Yeah. Oh, it's the E3 effect. <laughs> it kind of was the E3 effect. <laughs> but here's the thing that I find most interesting cuz you want a Prince of Persia. I've said I want a new Prince of Persia for a long time, but the last paragraph in this game's radar article, I think is the most interesting thing. It says, quote, judging by the length of time it was worked on, it looks like this take was never picked up. And interesting, interestingly, Cooper adds, quote, sadly, Ubisoft are generally quicker to cancel Prince of Persia games than other IPs because original creator Jordan Mechner still holds license rights. So the profit margins are lower, end quote. That might explain why we've not seen or heard from the Prince in quite some time. Do you think, Josh, that since Ubisoft doesn't own the IP and, and Jordan Beckner still owns it, do you think that's why we haven't gotten a new Prince of Persia game? Yes. <laughs> I don't, I don't. <laughs> um, you would think that if it was so sought after, someone would buy it. So maybe that's what the problem is. People aren't asking for it. I mean, it, possibly, but there's a lot of things that ga- that aren't being made that people are asking for, right? I'm... I know people are asking for a Prince of Persia. Maybe not in droves, but I think people are definitely want a new Prince of Persia. There are other Ubisoft properties <laughs> that people really seem to want that we 
have not seen yet, even though it sounds like some of those things might exist that we'll be seeing soon-ish, maybe. But I do truly wonder, is this just a situation where Ubisoft says, you know, the investment isn't worth the return? We're just not going to make enough money because X amount of it has to go to Jordan. So we're really just not going to be able to turn enough of a profit to make sense making a Prince of Persia game. And if so, that's kind of sad, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it is sad. It's too bad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. This kind of falls into that thing of if there are enough people asking for it, it, it falls into like that Splinter Cell. Right. Um, infamous kind of thing. Like, why aren't we getting these games that we know people want? Right. There's, so there's definitely has to be more behind the scenes stuff. For sure. But we're getting a new Splinter Cell, right? <laughs> Apparently, they're just putting Splinter Cell content into current Ubisoft <laughs> games instead. Maybe people will buy our other games if there's Splinter Cell content in the games, right? That's the way we go with it? I guess, huh? <laughs> if there was... Is there is there one game series right now that has been dormant that you'd really like to come see back? Like, what's the one game series you want a new game in? Honestly, if, if I'm going to be... Bl- like spec ops mm. you know yeah uh, there's a lot of games that i would like to see come back but um a game there isn't a, i don't i can't think of a game that has really held um this like revered position in gaming for so long that it has never gotten a sequel right no i i understand that i would mine is not that cool. I just really want a new SSX Tricky game. That would be Not great. like the last one, but like the previous versions of Tricky. That's what I really want. And like the newest one was fun. I, I played it. I enjoyed it. It just didn't quite grab me as much as SSX did back in the day. But I would really love a new one of those a lot, a lot. I feel like those extreme sports games as a whole have kind of fallen off the cliff. We don't really get to any of those anymore. Yeah, I, I agree. Bad. Which is too bad, because those were so darn fun. I've been saying it, it's been at least a year or more that we've been wanting EA Big to come back in a big way. No pun right. intended. Yeah. EA Big. Cool. All right, Josh, what is your second topic? Hey, so another light one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I she's back. Mrs. Monopoly has resurfaced as the advertisement recovered here. Right. On board with video games eight months ago. Eight, but we're trendsetters. <laughs> has been Just discovered. Too, for, too soon. <laughs> it's been discovered by the Twitterverse. Um, and boy, oh boy, are people reacting the way you would expect them to of react. Of course they are. <laughs> so I guess my question, have you rewatched the ad? And uh, do you think, have our feelings changed on this? Uh, also, why do we think? This is in the news again. Um, how to refresh people's memory. The ad starts showing a girl working on a computer chip. And it says women hold just 10% of all patented inventions. Mm-hmm. And like the ad uh, and then it says, fortunately, most young girls are unaware of that fact. And then it's basically like this IBM commercial or something like one of those commercials that they just show you like motivating um pictures and video of of, like what's happening and they interview children who are like young women and 
tech or innovative job, science, uh, computing, and they they show that one of the girls getting a present. She opens it and it says, "That's why we created Miss Monopoly." And she opens yep. the box, and that is the gift that we're giving young children. There's a little note inside the box that the, the girls read with their parents. Um, and I want to get to the end because they show how these kids super happy with Miss Monopoly. And then it says, be a game changer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people are losing their minds over this, especially women, yep. which I, I don't want to say I can understand because I don't want to claim I can understand women. <laughs> but I, I believe when we talked about it, there was in my mind, a sense of condescension um, in this. And uh, people have been like going over the names of some of the properties right. that are on the board, which we did not dive into uh, before. And I don't know that we necessarily have to now, but it definitely comes across as anti-feminist, right? Because they're like, if you're a girl and you're playing the game, you start off with more money. Right. But people on Twitter are quickly just quick, to say like, oh great, thanks. I have just the same advantages of men, except I don't earn it, and you give me more money just to tell me. And then like one girl's like, by the end of the game, don't worry, you're still constantly reminded you're still a woman once the game is over. <laughs> so like there's still people struggling with the idea that women are fighting for equality and this is what they're given as a counter from Hasbro. Yeah, it and we talked about it, like you said, eight months ago. Yeah. So I feel like we're a little ahead of the curve here. Number one, I have no idea why this is trending again. I don't know what <laughs> happened that brought it to the forefront. Yeah. Number two, I felt kind of smart because the first tweet I saw about it said, you'll never guess what this is advertising and had a link to the video. And I said, I know exactly what that's advertising yeah. even before I started <laughs> playing the video because I remembered it from eight months ago. So I felt pretty smart, which is a rarity for me. So I'm going to take that as a win. But I think this is, and we've talked about this, Hasbro really has just missed the mark on some things significantly, but it doesn't seem to care, right? For Monopoly, they have done basically every type of Monopoly you possibly can. And this is one of those situations where I think the intention was good, but they really didn't think it through. Yeah. And they really missed the mark. They just missed, you know, and I... We can say, well, they were intending a good thing, so we can just kind of wash our hands of everything else. And unfortunately, you know, intent doesn't negate impact, right? Just because you meant for nothing bad to happen or you meant something to be good doesn't mean you could ignore the bad ramifications of what you did. Now, is it better to have good intentions than bad intentions? Absolutely. But that doesn't relieve you of responsibility, you know? If you are walking with a friend and you're joking around and you push them and they trip and break their arm. It's not like suddenly because you didn't mean that to happen. The arm yeah. isn't broken, you know? <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I do find it interesting. This is back again. I also think I'm kind of surprised that they didn't, that Hasbro doesn't take it down. You know, right. like it has over a million views. That's true. It's that's insane. True. Yeah. And you know, we talked about it too, back when this first came out that, Monopoly basically is a game that was stolen from a woman designer and given to a. I mean, there's a whole lot of reasons why this yeah. is a very complex issue. 
Uh, yeah. So. No, I, I agree with you. I do feel like we had it. We had a. We were ahead of the curve on this because there are also people posting about they're posting the original like um, idea for Monopoly and how it was stolen right. from Parker Brothers. And um, I was like, yeah, we talked about that. We talked yeah. about all these things. Um, so it feels nice to be ahead of that. But it's also it is funny. I don't understand how this got out unless it was like a Hasbro earnings call. Or something, but well, we they can't. Talk about, they can't have been too successful about, with it because my target had ninety-five copies of this on clearance. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did talk about you know Hasbro's earnings a week or two ago. Yeah, so must maybe it's related to that. But man, it's it's pretty crazy. And then I saw a really funny post. Um, so, uh, some woman, uh, some woman posted uh, prices: the price of regular Monopoly and and the price of. Mrs. Monopoly, and she's like, and women are still getting one third of what men get because it was like half the price of regular Monopoly. Right. Like, it was just really, they're just, uh, I don't know. There's, I can't say they're opening themselves up, up to this because they did it so long ago. Right. They're just like, now someone isn't feeling so smart because yeah. they're getting their comeuppance, if you will. Yeah. And I think that's the big thing, right? Before it was a big deal in board game Twitter eight months ago, and now it's yeah. a big deal in mainstream Twitter today <laughs> or yesterday or whenever it was. So, yeah, Hasbro, well, I'd say I'm sorry and I feel bad for him, but I don't. <laughs> like, you made it. So, <laughs> I, I guess you're going to have to be cool with that, I suppose. Anything else you want to say about Ms. Monopoly? Hey, do better, Hasbro. <laughs> that's right. Do better, Hasbro. Okay. Josh, my second topic, the Quacks of Quedlinburg. There's going to be a contest. We are going to talk about the contest and how you can win your own copy of Quacks of Quedlinburg due to weird shipping things that who knows how it happened, but we have two copies. Number one, Josh, the thing that I did not know when I, or I guess maybe I had forgotten about, maybe I did know it at one point. I did not realize this game was in the top 100 on BoardGameGeek. Oh, yeah. Number 82 overall, which surprised me. Mostly because I have one of those posters with the top 100 games and you scratch it off every time you play one. Oh. <laughs> and this game is not on that. So it must have moved more, more recently into the top 100. So number 82. I had the chance to play this, sat down, and uh, the partner and I played this game. Played a couple rounds of it. Overall impressions? This game is great. Yes. I'm glad it's you a like lot it. of fun. <laughs> it's a good push your luck game i like the aspect of kind of the bag building of deciding which tokens you're going to put in there of putting them in your pot and the and the luck or not luck of you know pulling out those right numbers trying not to get the cherry bomb number above seven all that i like the the diversity of how many different books there are so that you can really change up the gameplay of what all the pieces mean how the your pot board is double-sided so you can change things up there there's a lot of flexibility to gameplay here which i like a lot the thing I don't like about this game, and I don't know if you've experienced this, my goodness, did we have a couple lopsided? Well, one of our games was super lopsided because for the life of me, I could not get, I was just pulling the white. You had bad pulls, yeah. Oh my gosh, it was bad. Yep, so, yep. so, so bad. And I get the catch up mechanic with the rat tails to kind of help you. But when you can't even move your droplet forward at all, and the other person is moving, their, I think at one point, Erica's droplet was on like 12 or 14 and mine was on three. Oh man. I you gotta, mean, you got to take shorter turns at the beginning. I think that's the key. You got to build so, up that bag with like, even if you buy like a cheapo orange, just right. to get them, get your whites to be the minority in your bag. 
Oh no, I agree a hundred percent. And but then I just unlucky, like pure just unlucky pulls yeah. of you know, <laughs> and trying to use the flask, and you're like, okay, I will use the flask so I can put that one back, and then you pull the exact same one out back again, <laughs> and then you don't have your rubies, so you can't refill your flask. I mean, overall, really love the game. It was really fun, and I'm sure that was just a minor odd situation that happened. But that one of the games just was very, very <laughs> not close. Uh, and the interesting thing was, is that in the other game, Erica was behind for up until seventh turn, eighth turn, and like yeah. pretty significantly behind, and then just crushed me. Yeah. In like the last three turns, just destroyed me. Because since she had the rat tails for being behind me, she constantly was just finishing like right about where I was as far as her score was. Um, but cause she had started off behind and then kind of stayed about the same amount behind, but because of the rat tails pushing her stuff forward, she was being able to buy such good chips that eventually <laughs> it just flipped and she was just crushing me. She got to the handle like the last three turns in a row. Really? Yeah. It was ridiculous. Wow. <laughs> and that's when we were playing though. We had flipped the boards to the second side. And at that one, the yellow chips basically let you, it's like, hey, the next thing you pull, you get to do double the distance. Yeah. So then, and she did that and pulled a four. So then she went eight and then pulled another yellow four. And the next thing she pulled was a a two. So she went four. So like in those four pulls, she went, you know, 14 spaces or whatever it was, some ridiculous amount of spaces in, or actually it was more than that, 12, 13, 14, like 16 spaces in like those four pulls. And I was like, oh goodness. Um, so yeah, so she crushed me real bad. But it's a really fun game. I like it a lot. Uh, I definitely recommend people play it, and it is light enough. It was kind of odd to explain at first, but then when you start playing, you're like, oh, this is super straightforward. Yeah. Are I you enjoyed still, it. I was going to say, are you still as high on Quacks as you were before? Yes. In fact, the more I play it, the more I like it. Very cool. All right, so here's the contest, how you can win your very own brand new still sealed copy of Quacks of Quedlinburg. I really wanted to make this a pretty easy to enter contest and i wanted to make it a situation where instead of just doing something on social media i wanted to ensure those of you who listened would have the best chance of winning so probably we'll never mention this on social media i can't promise we won't because i'm forgetful (laughs) sometimes and i don't want to make that promise and then accidentally tweet something about it but the goal is that we're just going to talk about it on the podcast So all you need to do to be entered to win is very simple. Between now and 11.59 Eastern time on May 22nd, so from the time this episode posts, you'll have about a a little over a week, um, and then you'll have, we'll talk about it again next week, and then you'll have just a few days after next week's episode airs. But between now and 11.59 p.m. Eastern on May 22nd, you can either send an email to boardwithvg at gmail.com or send a tweet to us at BoardWithVG on Twitter, and all it needs to say is quack. That's it. You don't need to say anything else. You don't need to give any other information. Email us or send us a tweet that just says quack, and that's it. And you'll be entered in the drawing to win. Everyone who sends a entry will be put into the drawing, and then I will draw sometime the weekend of the 22nd, and we'll reveal the winner on May 26th. When that show goes live, the winner will be announced, and then I will reach out to the person shortly afterwards to get shipping information taken care of and get things straightened out. So pretty easy. All you need to do, again, email us, boardwithvg at gmail.com or send us a tweet at boardwithvg on Twitter and it just has to say quack. If you want to be really cool about it, 
you could use a, I will also accept any Mighty Ducks related gifts. <laughs> Those will also be acceptable. So either say quack, Mighty Ducks gif, or e- send us an email that says quack, all you need to do. That seems straightforward, right, Josh? I think it's pretty easy to enter. <laughs> <laughs> that was the goal. I didn't want to make it complicated. I wanted to make it very, very straightforward. So that is the Quacks of Quedlinburg contest. You could win your own copy of the game. It is exceptional. Josh loves it. I love it. And you could have your own copy in just a couple of weeks. Josh, what is your third topic? My third topic, well, is something that everyone's, well, I shouldn't say everyone, a lot of people have been talking about. And for sure, some people on the PSVG network will be talking about. So we don't have to go crazy inside Xbox details. Oh, no, we're <laughs> but, going crazy. We're going deep. I want—I haven't really talked to anyone about this yet, so I want us to talk okay. about it. Cool. So we had an Xbox. We had an inside Xbox, or they called it Xbox 2020, uh, almost a little late. But that was um, on May 9th. So we are recording on the... No, that wasn't May 9th. It was the 8th, right? No, the 7th. It was May 7th. It was a Thursday. Um, So, yeah, basically, well, we were promised the first reveal of Assassin's Creed Valhalla gameplay, and that's pretty much all we were told was going to happen. We were going to see a showcase of games from third-party developers, uh, but we we didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into. Um, So... With that being said, uh, I'm going to pull up... Well, we'll just go through uh, a list of some of the games they showed, okay? Yeah. So, well, one of the things they focused on was smart delivery announcement. So this was something like a game trailer would pop up. It would say world premiere. And then in the little bottom thing, it would say, if the game was smart delivery, it would just say smart delivery. Mm -hmm. And that meant uh, if you bought this game on our current generation of consoles you would uh, be able to upgrade this game for free to the Series X. Um, I think it was later uh, revealed that most of these things do have like a window where you're able to do that. So you won't. it's not like you buy it and then you can wait a year to buy your Xbox Series X and then upgrade. There's actually like a certain window. I believe each game is different though. It's not like a set window. Um, so we saw that for certain games it will have smart delivery uh i don't know if this i think this is an order as they were shown um but we'll just go in the order that i have here this is from gamespot.com uh the first game shown was bright memory infinite mm-hmm. uh it's described as a frenetic first person shooter set in a futuristic world uh, that also happens to contain powerful spartan warriors uh, the protagonist has a zipline tool as well as uh, vehicles, a sword, guns. Um, this probably to me was the most impressive looking game we saw, um, because it, it had what appeared to be actual gameplay, um, and it was very. I described it to Kevin at P- on PSVG Prime as like my first thoughts on the Killzone Three trailer from E3. You know, mm-hmm. the, the controversial one, in my opinion, <laughs> and. Uh, there was a lot of debate, at least in our Discord, if this was actual in-game footage. Again, like what we kind of see with usually like the big E3 presentations. Um, so I will say, as far as Bright Memory Infinite goes, uh, you had mentioned that the game was already out yep. on Steam. Well, 
a chapter of it is out on Steam. Yeah, so uh, I investigated that. Donnie ended up buying it yesterday. I ended up actually buying it today. It's only ten bucks. Mm-hmm. You get the first whatever it is. It's just called Bright Memory. But if you buy that, you get a free upgrade to Bright Memory Infinite. So once I put my son down for a nap today, I fired it up, and I will say, it doesn't look as good, but it's a different game. Mm-hmm. I, however, even on my new gaming computer, which is not nearly close to top of the line, uh, it looked stunning. Like, very close to how good that trailer looked on the inside Xbox. So... Um, and then I posted an article today in Discord uh, where the developer came out and said blatantly that this was in-game gameplay captured on Xbox Series X. And now I believe it because I actually got to experience bright memory and I think it looked so good it wasn't so far away from what we saw. Part of the trailer also lends to like, it was raining so there was like these extra shiny aspects which made it maybe look too good like it's not raining in the whole game so like i feel like when you add that like rainy glossy aspect to the game it made mm-hmm. it look not i'm not saying it made it look too good it just made it look different than what maybe you would imagine the regular game looks like uh and i'm saying it, it sounds weird as i say it but I'm, what i'm saying is um the effects that we saw maybe can't translate to current gen consoles because they can't handle that aspect of graphics yet. So maybe it looked too good because it is just on a console that can render those effects compared to what we have now. What did you think of the game? I thought it looked like a hectic frenetic mess. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I thought. And not in a bad way. I don't mean that as... It really did look like the game that you kick off to show off what a next-gen console can do. Yeah. It, it looked like Bulletstorm, right? I mean, to a degree, yes, but with how much light refraction and the explosions and the rain and the sliding, and it very much looked like the, hey, this is the thing we're going to show off to show you how cool everything could look. It kind of almost remind me of, you know, J.J. Abrams and like lens flares and everything just for the sake of lens flares. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. like that's kind of what it made. It felt like to me. And I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. But and I think the game looked pretty. The thing that I don't know is what. And this is the thing I think both PlayStation and Xbox are going to struggle with. What makes this game next gen? You tried to explain what makes this game next gen. Yeah. And, and you're playing the game now months before next gen happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the hard part of that. Just things looking prettier don't always translate on a stream. That's because, true. Because, like, my stream wasn't, I was watching the thing live. My stream was 1080, 60 most of the time. Yeah. You know, and that was when it was running really, really well. And this is supposed to be 4K60. And it just, I think that's one of the things they're really going to struggle with is that it's going to be very challenging to have people be like, my goodness, look at that. Because it's just not the same as sitting at your television with your console, with your television, looking at these things. Because everybody said, oh, when you go watch the video after the fact, it looks pretty cool. Because (laughs) there's less compression, there's less, all of these situations are just better in that that scenario. So I think it's a cool game. I'm looking forward to it. I, I do feel like it's kind of every cool thing from a shooter ever. Let's throw it into one shooter and see how it goes. That doesn't yeah. sound like a bad thing to me. 
Uh, so I'll definitely keep an eye on it, but it's not something that would make me go buy an Xbox Series X. Yeah, it's very over the top. It's definitely very Japanime. Um, uh, even like when I started playing, you can like you unlock the schoolgirl outfit. You unlock yeah. like this. I was like, oh boy! And like when you click it, the skirt flies up, and you see underwear for a second. It's very Japanime style. Gotcha. And it is very frenetic. There's so much going on. There's all these different ways to attack. There's like a force push and all these different things. And mm-hmm. it's definitely it's definitely challenging me on remembering keys on a keyboard. Right. Which is what I'm struggling with on most of my new PC gaming is not using a controller. <laughs> uh, the next game feature was Dirt 5, which will be included with Smart Delivery. Uh, I don't have too much to say. Uh, on it, it looked fine. It didn't look groundbreaking. They did announce Nolan North and Troy Baker <laughs> are featured in the game story, which I didn't think I ever wanted in the dirt or racing game in general. But now um, you got it. But I don't think it looked bad. Um, it just it looked like uh, they were trying to emulate Forza in the yeah. trailer, yeah. which caught me off guard. But otherwise, it looked fine, and it's yeah. another rally game. Yeah, and you know, I obviously am well known as not being a driving per- game person. So, yep another dirt game another gotta show anytime you're showing a console gotta show a driving game it's what yeah. you gotta do so so from racing to the furthest thing from racing yes we go to the hr geigerific scorn uh which was a game i completely forgot about and then i had now, forgotten about this game too now i can't get it out of my brain <laughs> josh i it felt a little uncomfortable during that trailer pornographic I we were, yes i thought we were watching <laughs> alien pornography (laughs) it really was essentially the whole thing was i mean so if you're familiar with alien or hr geiger in general or prometheus now we didn't really see any gameplay we just saw this um montage of clips of what you would picture the movie alien or the alien homeworld or the the ships in prometheus just all hr geiger art and um style uh it was an interesting watch it was phallic it was overtly sexual it was a little odd um it's described as a horror experience game but we don't know what the type of game it's going to be i believe it's first person shooter first person shooter um but we don't know uh action i think survival horror something along those lines who knows uh Okay, so let's move on. Was, unless you sorry, have more. Really, really briefly, this was yeah. originally a Kickstarter, right? I think it. I, I get confused between this, um, and that other game that is like similar to Scorn, the game I bought for the Switch that was terrible. Yeah, I feel like uh, this was a Kickstarter. I could be wrong, but I feel like yeah. it was. You're probably not wrong, and I can actually look it up uh, while we go on to. Let's move on to Chorus. So. We saw Chorus. In fact, I thought it was a new Parasite Eve game at first because it had like the plant um, bad guys and an aspect of like third person shooter Mm -hmm. um, to it. Uh, We were later we were told we we found out that uh, it is has the composer from Silent Hill, which makes sense with the gameplay, I think. Uh, came across as very like survival horror-y, right? Am I thinking of the right game? Am I thinking no, of course? No, oh, no, no. I'm thinking that of is medium, medium. Sorry, I'm thinking of medium. Let's go over that again. I thought medium was Parasite Eve. 
uh, cores. Uh, so we see the space combat game um, uh, with the pr- protagonist appearing to have a connection to her vehicle. So people are comparing this to um, Astral Chain. That's what, mm-hmm. that's what, okay. Um, mm. Right? Am I miss, am I completely forgetting what cores was? Core, it's the one that, oh, you might need to watch a video Cor- for it. Again. <laughs> but I think the one that's more like Astral Chain, to me at least, was Scarlet Nexus. Oh, that's the one, Scarlet Nexus. From Bandai Namco. Oh, man. I'm bad at doing my job today. <laughs> uh, can you remember what Cores was about? So, it's a, Cores is the one that had all of the, it is a, like I said, it is a space combat shooter the trailer was like this woman standing in front of her ship and then it would cut every once in a while to flight combat and then it would go back to her like touching her ship and then it would go like to flight combat again. Oh, yeah. It was the, sh- the ship combat game. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So I thought, okay, every time I watched a trailer on this, I thought it was a different game than what it was. So I right. saw this trailer. I thought it was Elite Dangerous 2. Oh, yeah. Which I could totally see. Yeah. And then they, yeah, they cut to like outside of the ship exploring something. Yep. Um, and she kind of looks like a Sith um, main character uh, or even like Hellblade-ish. Uh, I thought it looked interesting, but I, I would like to see if there actually is more gameplay outside of the ship. Right. Or if those are just exclusively cutscenes. I'll yeah. be curious to see if, if that exists in the game. Yeah, I ship combat games I sometimes have fun with. There have been some that I have played that I kind of have enjoyed, uh, but nothing about this really made me be like, oh, that is a thing that I definitely want to play. So if I get the opportunity to, I'm sure I probably will, but I don't know that it's something I'm going to actively seek out. Yeah. Okay, cool. So then we saw, well, we we heard about Madden 21. We didn't see anything about Madden 21. In fact, That's not true. You saw the last seven seconds of that trailer was... (laughs) Yes, that's true. It really bugged me that the girl introducing the clip came back after the clip and was like, wasn't that, thank you EA for giving us a look at Madden 21. Wasn't that exciting? Didn't it look great? Like, no, it, you just showed us old clips of Madden games. It was a nice like (laughs) tribute to Madden games. Yeah. Um, But we really, we didn't see any of Madden and we were told that it was not smart delivery. It has an upgrade program. Um, but that is also available for a limited time right? Uh, after the game is released. So it, it's not really falling into that. Uh, any thoughts on Madden 21? So I do want to talk very briefly about the whole upgrade update to the new version thing. Do you think that has anything to do with the fact that it's an annual release and that because it's an annual release, that's just way more complicated and they have to put a date on it? Yes, I think so. I think that, I don't know, I mean... I I th- I do think that that's true. I just think that that's going to that's Madden, right? right? Like not to be negative to th- towards them, but um there's going to be a new Madden every year anyways. Mm-hmm. Whether they add there's definitely were some Maddens in the past that didn't add anything new. Right. Um just roster updates, so like yeah, I think like the same thing. They just ha- they just have to add the new number. <laughs> and the new cover athlete. Yeah, absolutely. Which means Patrick Mahomes is going to be injured this season. No, he was on the. Wasn't he the athlete, the cover athlete this last year? Didn't he? Oh, isn't he, he the one who year? broke the curse? Yeah, he's the one oh, who I broke thought the he curse. Was this, okay, I got you. I thought he was on the new one. No, I don't think so. Okay. Oh no, they just said that who was on the new one. It wasn't Mahomes. Someone from the Cowboys? I don't know. 
<laughs> oh, where's Coach Bo when you need him? Yeah, he's listening, grinding his teeth. Uh, we saw Vampire the Masquerade, Bloodlines 2 trailer. Yep. Uh, as always, I always enjoy the Vampire the Masquerade trailers, and I've never been a fan of the games. <laughs> um, uh, because like even the, the guy I was watching the trailer with, he said, that looks really cool. And I said, yeah, uh, I'll say this. It's a pretty much like a heavy RPG system game. So it's not mm-hmm. really what you're seeing in the trailer that you're necessarily getting. Right. Um, I mean, you're getting it to some degree, but it's not an action adventure game. But for people exciting or interested, I think it's exciting. What about you? Any interest? No, this this trailer really didn't actually do much for me. I, I know a lot of people are saying it was cool. There's definitely some people who have uh, kind of knocked the visuals in this trailer. But I don't yeah. know. I just <laughs> And this I know is I'm not the first person to say this, but... This, I really very much felt like, okay, they made the Joker movie into a Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 trailer. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, it was creepy. Yeah, it had the singing and the dancing and whatever. I don't know. It just didn't do much for me. So, Cool. Well, it's not. we don't have time to hit everything, so let's uh, just do a couple of quick hits and stop me on something that you want oh, to talk about. Oh, we have time. About. We'll be good. We'll be okay. good. So we have Call of the Sea was next. Yes. Uh, it was uh, basically a mysterious uh, adventure game, uh, first person, probably similar to what you would picture The Witness or like uh, Mist or the Riven, those games like that. Um, I thought it looked pretty, uh, but mm-hmm. just not in my uh, preferred game styles. How about you? Is this something that you're interested in? I thought it looked great. This is actually one of the games I'm most interested in coming out of this for sure. Nice. Cool. Well, we'll look forward to more from Call of the Sea. Uh, we have The Ascent, which is basically a cyberpunk Diablo-ish uh, style game. Maybe like Diablo mixed with um, the Warhammer Chaos Bane yeah. game. Like like basically top-down dungeon crawl. Warhammer. Inquisitor? Inquisitor, yeah. Sorry. There we go. Yeah. And no, Chaos Bane. They're both similarly Oh, styled. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yep. Yeah. Um, I thought it looked cool. Uh, nothing really made me want to buy it, but I know that I want to see more from the game, at least. Yeah, I kind of was like, oh, this is going to be Xbox's Helldivers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it did look yeah. very similar to Helldivers yeah. as well. I mean, I don't know if it even looked that similar to Helldivers. I just think from a, you know, do, twin stick, team up, go do these raid thing together. Like, it, feel, it like felt Contra, to me. Contra yeah. meets Diablo. Yeah. So, which is cool because, like, I thought Helldivers, Helldivers was great. I love my twin stick shooter stuff. So, yeah, I think the Ascent looks like it could be cool. There we go. Great. I actually look forward to that one, too. Uh, the next one, I think, was probably the most interesting trailer uh, for me uh, for this one, and that was The Medium, mm-hmm. which this is the game I was thinking, uh, one of the games I was misrepresenting. <laughs> uh, uh, it definitely has that Silent Hills creepy survival horror aspect to it. Uh, the trailer starts with a woman getting an ultrasound on her unborn child, and then it shifts to her uh, praying inside an empty church. Mm-hmm. Um, it appears she's hallucinating as it turns briefly demonic, and then ventures out into the cold. So it seems like one of those cool, like, uh, not cool. It seems like one of those games with traumatic experience and then, like, shifting worlds and different um, atmospheres um, while telling, like, Potentially, who knows, like this interesting narrative story. Mm-hmm. I was probably most intrigued by this one. 
Did this one grab you? Uh, I'm not a huge horror game fan anymore, and I know Bloober, um, the team who's making it, has had some hits and misses. Uh, they have done, they did, they did Blair Witch, right? They did Blair Witch. They also did Observer, and they yeah. did um, Layers of Fear. Is that them? Okay, maybe Layers of I Fear. Think so. sounds, yeah, sounds so... Right. So yeah, so like I think there's definitely some possibility there. They've done some good things and some maybe not as great things, but I think the possibility of it being a cool game is, is high. Uh, I just not as into horror games as I used to be. So cool, cool, cool. Okay, Scarlet Nexus is the other one I forgot or thought was the other one. This is from Bandai Namco. Yeah. Um, it features enemies called the Others. This is the one I thought was like Parasite Eve. Because they're basically like all plantish like style bad guys, mm-hmm. at least at the start. Um, yeah, and they work for the OSF, which we don't know what that means yet. They have psionic powers, so maybe the uh, I don't know. Uh, I was going to try to guess what that means, but I started to spell psionic with an S, and I know that's wrong. Uh, <laughs> um, it looks pretty cool. Uh, I don't think it's a game for me, but yeah, people were definitely getting those astral chain vibes from it. Mm-hmm. Um, or even like for me, like Bayonetta vibes, um, similarly like style gameplay, even Devil yeah. May Cry. Yeah, um, and I, yeah, I'm totally in on this game. I think it looks awesome. Yeah, I figured this was more in line for you and less yep. for me. <laughs> um, okay, the next one I was kind of interested. Uh, it's called Second Extinction. It's a first person shooter from Avalanche Studios. It's about uh, Earth has fallen and dinosaurs roam free. Uh, it's a squad based like horde shooter yeah uh while i thought it looked cool the biggest problem i had was the endless amounts of the same character model yeah. attacking you there's a lot that of them. seemed so boring to me uh at least if it's zombies like in world war z you're not paying so much attention to you can at least dress them differently right <laughs> and give make them different races and sizes but it's basically like an endless wave of Velociraptor clones. I think at the very end, they might have shown us a bigger Velociraptor. It wasn't even like a T-Rex. <laughs> it was just like a bigger Velociraptor. So I really need to see more about this game to get excited about it. To see m- When I say more, I mean it literally. I need right. to see more game <laughs> yeah. than just waves of, unless it's a $5 game. Uh, right. And- <laughs> Um, what about you? Did this one get you excited or eh, where were you? <laughs> I thought maybe it was going to be some sort of Turok sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it wasn't. And then I said there's a lot of games like this right now. Granted, most of them are zombies and not dinosaurs. But I, if I'm going to shoot dinosaurs, I guess I'd rather shoot robot dinosaurs at this point. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this didn't really <laughs> do too much for me. Okay, same. Uh, next one is probably one way more interesting to you than me. Heck yeah. And it is a new game in the Yakuza saga. It's called Yakuza, like a dragon. Uh, and yeah, it's, it, they say it ditches real-time combat for a new turn-based system. I think you said that it's been turn-based for a while. No, this is the first turn-based game. Oh, but okay. that trailer, there's no way you would know that from that trailer. They did a really bad job of showing you like while this game actually <laughs> plays because this game's already out in japan and has been okay, uh, okay. but yeah it's totally a turn-based rpg which most of the previous yakuza games were not they were beat-em-ups is what they were before so okay well maybe i'll actually like this one then yeah maybe it still looks ridiculous and you still use do ridiculous stuff in it <laughs> yeah. which is yakuza games to a t which is great uh but yeah i just thought that trailer was not a great representation of what you'll actually do in the game <laughs> well i guess 
it's lucky we're going to get a bunch more stuff in the next couple months from Xbox. Maybe we'll see more from Yakuza. Uh, like a dragon. Uh, and then Assassin's Creed Valhalla. This is where we wrap this one up. Yeah. Uh, it kind of caps my feeling on the whole Inside Xbox um, event, as it were. Uh, pretty disappointing. And to build up this this reveal, this gameplay reveal for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I mean, we literally, we saw something. I don't want to say we literally saw nothing, but we saw, according to GameSpot, and I can't even confirm that I saw this, the only gameplay we saw was them using a battering ram, hitting a gate, some archery, and some melee combat. Um, However, none of that was gameplay. The only thing that we saw... Um, was a very, very short end of that clip, I think, like five seconds of gameplay or something crazy, like short, like right. the, the whole trailer, I would say is what I would, the equivalent of like an E3 trailer that says in game engine, right, right. Instead of in game footage. Right. I, I think there is a disconnect potentially between what we as gamers expect when we hear there's going to be gameplay versus what is shown potentially in these trailers. Because, yes, one of those things might be part of a cutscene or a uh, animation lock that happens like once you hit a button. But that's, I don't think, really what we expect when we hear gameplay. Yeah. You know, I the thing I always think about, and this is probably going to be me, people say this because I'm a Sony fanboy, and it really isn't. (laughs) I, I just think they did this really well. When they revealed Horizon... I think they did a really nice job back at that E3 in 2015 or whatever it was. It started with a like two or three minute trailer and then transitioned into actual gameplay person on sticks for like five minutes with HUD and with everything on it. Right. And I think that's really what when we think gameplay, like we're expecting to see a HUD. At least I typically am. Right. You know, what am I going to see when I'm actually looking at the screen and I'm playing the game? That's tens. And yes. For some of these, maybe they deleted the HUD to make things look cleaner and make things look more crisp. Okay, cool. But that immediately breaks the question then of, well, is this just a rendered cutscene? And then it's going to be like, oh, well, they're not rendered anymore because they're all in engine. Blah. Okay, whatever. Right. But I just think that's a hard thing to parse is that when we hear, when somebody hears gameplay or when I hear gameplay, I'm thinking, what's the HUD look like? Let me... F- actually feel like i would be the person holding the controller and controlling what's happening in the game which like you said i think at the beginning uh bright memory infinite very clearly gameplay right you know like i was like oh here's some gameplay of this really frenetic looking shooter cool and that's really the only time i felt that way <laughs> yeah yeah no i hear you I hear you. I, I think with Dirt 5, it seemed like gameplay because it didn't look great. <laughs> yeah, no, I think Dirt 5 for sure was too. But I, like I said, for Dirt 5, it's kind of like that, oh, here's gameplay because I don't know. And for racing games, I think it's just so rote at this point of like, yeah. hey, here's how the cool sun reflects off this car when it goes into the turn. And, you know, like that's just what racing games are now. So you could... I think I just always assume racing games are gameplay because they all look kind of the same they're to me. They're all samey, yeah. Yeah, and like I said, I'm sure they're not for people who are big fans of them, but to me, they very much feel the same when I watch videos of them. Agreed. So overall, Josh, imp- uh, feelings on the show as a whole? I mean, so 
I'm happy that these studios got their own showcase because they would normally get washed out on E3. Yeah. Uh, but I was very disappointed in the in the buildup uh, right. to this event. Um, uh, it's like the shortest inside Xbox that they've ever done, and like right. usually we're subjected to two hours of them just blabbering on about things. So mm-hmm. I was a little disappointed in the length. Um, I'm you know nothing really was a big win for me. Like I didn't see anything that makes me want to like get excited about and and in fact i only invested the ten dollars into bright memory to see if i could believe what we saw was gameplay it was more of an investigation purchase oh gotcha than anything else um so i'm i mean i'm I'm happy to be in for the new game at 10 bucks but uh um i was happy also to see that that i was that 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 was definitely gameplay like it made me feel a little bit better that that I don't have to, maybe I shouldn't be so skeptical of things that we see. Um, so it made me feel maybe a little bit more optimistic about next gen to a degree. Right. Like you obviously weren't as impressed with that trailer as I was because I thought it looked too good to be next gen. And you were like on the page of, yeah, that's definitely gameplay. Like I wasn't there with you oh, gotcha. in that aspect right away. So I'm glad to have seen that. But yeah, I mean, overall, uh, it's like a C plus for me. Okay. If I had to give it a rating, how did you gotcha. feel about it on ge- in general? Uh, I think this was a situation where Xbox was a victim of their own hype. Yeah. And for better or for worse, you know, this is a thing that happens. And, you know, they literally tweeted out the day before tomorrow changes the game. Yeah. <laughs> And that's on them. Like they're the ones who said they're the ones who told us that. That sets an expectation. Yeah. You know. And there were granted there were many people, uh, especially if you look at, you know, online personalities, insiders, etc., who were like, "Hey, temper your expectations." Yeah. There were people who were saying that. Um, but Xbox came out and said, "Hey, tomorrow changes the game." And everyone's I, I mad at the PR team. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think they did that, you know. And I Overall, I thought it was fine. I think they showed a good diversity of games. There's a lot of different types of games there. There were a couple that I'm interested in for sure. Uh, for better or for worse, I think the things they muddled the messaging on that really surprised me were what are exclusives? Because there yeah. apparently are some, but I don't know that anyone knew that after the showcase. Yeah. Um, so I think that was, could have been made clearer. They said, hey, everything you'll see is optimized for Series X. Here's this badge. What does that mean? Right. I don't, yeah. I don't know that anyone knows what that actually means. It's going to run real, real, real good. Okay, cool. I guess. Like, I don't know what optimized for Series X means, though. Like, if it's just a marketing thing, fine. But does that mean that everything is going to be more than 4K 60? It's all going to have HDR. It's all going to have ray tracing. Is 120 frames per second going to be an option? Like, what does optimized for Series X mean? I don't know that they've ever told us that. No, and I think that. I think for us, we can probably deduce that, but we could be wrong. And for the general public, they probably have no clue. Because to me, it's almost like the Nintendo seal of quality. Did that really actually mean anything? Right. You know, like... I thought I thought of it as like the games that are optimized for X. Like what we had with the Xbox One games. And then they were like, optimized for Xbox One X meant that it was like running at a higher frame rate and enhanced graphics. Okay. But does that mean that anything, so if it runs at 
20 frames faster now it's optimized oh no i agree the message is very unclear yeah that's more like what i'm asking like what does that mean yeah uh but yeah overall like i said i thought the games they showed i think were were fine i I don't think any of them were great but there are definitely some that i'm looking forward to uh yeah i think they really did have a miss with the assassin's creed thing i i think they definitely didn't message that appropriately and they tried to at least ubisoft tried to back off expectations and say hey uh, this is just gonna be a real like teaser. Uh, you'll get more information soon, but like, don't, you know, and they tried, they, I think that, you know, everyone was just excited, which I don't blame them for. I, I think that's cool. Um, do you have any other thing else you want to say about this? Or I have one final question about it before we go. Oh no, go fire away. Okay. If I recall, Aaron Greenberg said, quote, <laughs> Halo, whatever the next Halo is the world's most anticipated game. Yeah. Is that accurate? No. <laughs> Maybe the Xbox World's most anticipated game. <laughs> so we'll we have see three more, more anticipa- highly anticipated games coming out in the next two months than Halo Infinite. <laughs> so yeah, so I just thought that was an interesting choice of words. Halo Infinite, the world's most anticipated game. You can say anything on the internet, Kyle. <laughs> I know you can. I know you can. And that's fine. Like I said, I'm sure when so- whenever Sony says something, whenever that <laughs> Uh, I'm sure they're going to mess a lot of stuff up too because it's Sony. But I don't know. I I just think it's the first real foray into here's what's next gen. Um, I don't think it probably hit as well as they wanted it to. And I think really the hard thing was is that immediately after this was over, PlayStation tweeted a GIF of Ghost of Tsushima. And people were like, oh, man, that game looks amazing. <laughs> you know, like, and I think that's kind of the hard part is that. This is going to be it's kind of like the the problem PlayStation folk has with VR. How do you show people how cool it is? You can't. It's right. impossible. Yeah, and I think that's the hard <laughs> part. Like it there yeah. are, this is going to be a regular problem, I think. Um yeah, at, last point, sorry. At no point did they tell us why next gen makes these games better. Yeah, and I saw someone tweeted that too. Um I agree with you. That there's they're not selling the console. Right. They're just showing the games and i'll give them a pass because this was the third party showcase for sure but the next time the next one they do that's just focused on the xbox whether it's the, the hardware or the games you're 100 percent right they need to focus on why you need to invest in this console right now because that is how they will fail right if they don't do that yeah and i think for me the most i don't want to say disappointing but the the thing that is the biggest, I think, miss for me here is they really could have put a ton of pressure on Sony, and I just don't think they did. Yeah, no, Sony's not worried at all because also because we don't know what games are exclusive, Sony's just really sitting there being like, okay, great, you showed some games we already are going to have. So right. you did the marketing for us. And, you know, nothing that nothing they did sets them apart from Sony. Yeah. I mean, it is big that Yakuza's coming like, day will run right away to xbox that hasn't happened before so that is big yeah um so they're definitely making doing some work there all right enough xbox stuff josh it's time meta spring 2020 the results are here hooray hooray how are you feeling about uh meta spring 2020 confused on what games are still in it <laughs> okay well that's okay we will cover these things we will go through we'll walk through the games that are in the in the uh left for eight of the ten remained we'll talk about what josh predicted for the score to be we'll talk about what i predicted the score to be we'll tell you what the metacritic score was and we'll talk briefly about the games but we're going to pound through this pretty quick because we don't want to be here all night all right josh first game do you remember what the first game in the contest was (laughs) uh wait 
No. Wait. It was an Xbox exclusive. No. Uh, wait. <laughs> when did this start? It was in March. Oh, was it Ori? It was. Ori and the Will of the Wisps was the first game. Yes. Do you want to take Ugh. a stab now, knowing how that game was received, what the Metacritic score was? I'm I'm I, I'm just realizing how disassociated I am from Metacritic right now, that I'm unfamiliar <laughs> with what any game did. In fact, I only know about Predator because we've talked about right. how different we feel about the reviews. Yeah. Uh, if I had to guess, Ori's probably sitting around an 85 in Metacritic. Ori is at a 90. Oh, Nice. Oh, yes, yeah, ninety on Metacritic. Uh, Josh, do you remember what you guessed? Well, it's a nine in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the funny thing: you guessed an eighty-five. <clears throat> nice. <laughs> so what you thought it was is what you guessed. Uh, I guessed a ninety-two. Oh man. <laughs> so I did a little better there, but Ori really well received. I think definitely a game of the year contender for many many people this year. Uh, yeah. you, did you ever play Ori and the Will of the Wisps? I did. Yeah. And what you think? Remind me. What did I think? I thought. It's a beautiful game that I'm not good at and I don't like. <laughs> That's what I thought. I, I, I recalled, I was like, I feel like you dabbled I in it. I want to like it. it. I, I honestly want to like it. Um, I just, I can't platform anymore. Right. No, I understand. <laughs> I totally understand. So, Ori, Will the Wisps, 90 game that kicked off the contest. Next game on the contest is the game that is absolutely taking the world by storm. Uh, it's a little indie game that you may have heard of called Animal Crossing on uh, that their Nintendo Switch. Josh, what do you think that game is sitting at on a Metacritic right now? 92? <laughs> Ooh, very close. A 90 as well. So two wow. games in a row sitting at a 90. Uh, I guessed 87 is where I yeah. guess this game would land at. Where do you think you guessed it would land at? I'm going to guess I gave it the Switch bump, which probably made some of our listeners angry. Uh, did I get it a 90? You did. You yes. nailed it right on the head. You <laughs> gave it a 90. And I think that the proof of the Nintendo bump must be real since you were able just to guess exactly what you gave the game. <laughs> <laughs> so you nailed that one perfectly. Josh hits it right on the head, gives it a 90. I said 87. But yeah, Metacritic is sitting right now at a 90. Uh, Josh, do you think... For the style of game it is, do you think Animal Crossing is a game of the year contender? You know, I do, actually. Um, I saw someone tweet about it because uh, some con some content that had come up that something people are doing in the game right now. I think it was Forrest Minish, actually, from, um, from Nintendo Shack. Yeah. I think she said something. She was talking about it, and she I, I can't remember the context of her of what she tweeted. But she was like, it makes her believe that this could become a game of the year nominee, like potential winner. And I really think it could because of the audience it had, has reached. Um, yep. So, yeah, we could definitely see this. It definitely is in my top five of the year so far. Yeah. Gary Witt is doing a talk show in it. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. I mean, this is the game that's going to get Donnie removed from the Nintendo Shack. <laughs> <laughs> even even Reggie wants to be on Gary Witt's show. Yeah. So... So that was the second game, sitting at a 90, Animal Crossing. Third game, Doom Eternal, a game neither one of us have played. Hmm. I, Talking about frenetic shooters. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I would consider picking it up because it is the deal of the week on PlayStation right now. Oh. I don't know if I'm going to, but I'm considering it. But, Josh, if you had to guess, where do you think Doom Eternal got on Metacritic? 86. Oh, 
Josh, you're so good at this. 87. Whoa, look at me. I bet I didn't guess this good when we put our guesses in, though. <laughs> so 87 is what Doom Eternal is sitting at on Metacritic currently. I guessed an 89. Okay. What, oh. do you think, what do you think you guessed? Did I guess an 85? You guessed an 87, Josh. You got oh, two in a row man. right on the dot. Oh, I am incredible. And I got to be honest, <laughs> when I started with starting to do this math, I was getting real worried about my chances to win. Oh, don't worry. I'm sure I tanked it. <laughs> well, that's what cool. I do, Kyle. <laughs> we'll talk about the next game in a second and how bad I tanked it. But uh, so Doom Eternal, uh, a lot of positive reviews, obviously. Yeah. Uh, a lot, Definitely in the culture when people were talking about the preview events they said that this was a game of the year contender i know neither one of us have played it uh but would it surprise you to see someone select this as their game of the year no i don't think so it definitely scratches a specific type of itch for gamers right um and I, it's very impressive what they've done with the game uh yeah. just hasn't clicked with me because it's too much uh like i said before i mean my doom is doom 3 that's my doom survival right horror doom um and this is uh i can't can you amalgamate doom and quake together Dwake or <laughs> quoom this is quake arena doom like it's very like similarly styled and, and i used to love playing quake and unreal tournament right back in my good old-fashioned pc days for sure but yeah i'm just maybe i'm too old yeah no so doom eternal like i said 87 uh josh Nailed that one right on the head, two in a row. I'm not going to lie. That had me a little worried about how this contest <laughs> was going to go. And then the next game added to it significantly. Josh, can you guess the next game on this list? Was it Predator? No, it was another Xbox exclusive. Came out in March. I have a hard time believing Xbox had two exclusives this year. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably tells you how well this game did. <laughs> oh, no. It was Bleeding Edge. It was Bleeding Edge. That is correct. Bleeding Edge. That... Uh, hero brawler melee combat game I sure guess? Yeah. Board. <laughs> so if you had to guess number one do you know anyone who's played that game in the last six weeks coach mo apparently loves it oh well I, coach mo loves He's everything a, xbox he does so love everything <laughs> uh do you what do you guessed metacritic where do you think this game's sitting 65 67 oh i'm so good today you're so I'm good on. at this josh <laughs> what do you think you guessed this game would get did i put it at like a 70 you said 72. Okay. Josh, you want to know what I said it was going to get? Did you put it like 85? I said 80. <laughs> that's a lot of points on this one. Hey, that was a fair... I mean, you gave it a shot. You gave I it did. a chance. I really wanted to do too well. I wanted to be successful. Um, so yeah, I had guessed 80 uh, and it got a 67. What do you think the legacy of Bleeding Edge is going to be? Oh, um, probably like... Oh, who has a really bad legacy? <laughs> Oh, wow. Uh, I just, I don't know the player base. I don't want to, I don't want to say anything like silly, like it's a terrible game. I just don't know anyone playing it. So right. um, it's just really off my radar. For sure. So Sea of Thieves was a game that I think came out a, a little lukewarm, but it seems like a lot of people are still liking and playing that game. There's a huge player base for that. It's crazy. Yeah. Do you think that Bleeding Edge is going to kind of have that comeback that it's going to have a, a strong uh tail on it and then we're gonna have, we're gonna be talking about bleeding edge a year or two from now still maybe i mean it's definitely in a category that uh, of game that people consistently play for sure and it's definitely different enough from the other ones that maybe people are jumping to it for break uh, i just you know i don't i don't really know what that audience is i mean can we see 
I want to see um, if we can find active players. Um, is it crossplay? Is it on PC as well? It is on PC as well. I'm pretty certain. So on the Steam charts, at least thirty uh, in the past twenty four hours, fifty five people were playing it. Okay. The all time well. peak was eight hundred and twenty eight. Um, in the last thirty days, the average players were seventy one. That's not super great. No, and it, it peaked the month it came out, and it dropped a quarter. No, it dropped three quarters in one month, and then it dropped another half the next month. So it's Guess. not on PC being actively played. Guess how many people are currently watching Bleeding Edge be played on Twitch? Oh, I actually just pulled that up, too. Well, I know that it has had 34 monthly viewers. <laughs> currently, as we record this, 12 viewers are watching Bleeding Edge. Yeah. So, yeah, in February, they had 463 viewers. And now, for May, they have 34. Gotcha. Not doing so, great. Not doing great at all. But hopefully, they get it figured out. Because it seems like a cool concept. So, I'm hoping that game can come back strong. All right, Josh, next game on the list. Can you Do you want to take a stab at what it was? It is not a console game. It's not a console game. Correct. What did we do that was PC? Gears Tactics? No. Uh, it is a VR game. Oh, oh, oh. It's not on PSVR? Because that's it console. It is not. Oh, Half-Life Alex. That is correct. Half-Life Alex came out March end towards the end of March. Josh, what do yeah. you think that's sitting at on uh, the old Ooh, Metacritic? I've heard good things. Well, let me say 87. Josh, would it surprise you to know that Half-Life so Alex like is the <laughs> highest rated game in the contest. It is a 93 is where it is sitting right now. What do you okay. think I what do you think you guessed it was going to be? Oh, uh, I have to think I guessed it at a 90. Josh, here's where I made my valiant comeback. Uh, you nailed it. I guessed 88. Oh, was I way lower? <laughs> you guessed 75. Oh, my God. What was I thinking? <laughs> oh. So this was the time where I said, okay, I have a chance. There we I go. Can... Typical Josh. <laughs> so, And the important thing to note, audience, is that Josh inputted his own scores. So it was not me messing with things. So did. you did guess the 75. Sitting at a 93, you know, this was a game that was supposed to make VR the thing we all needed. Do you think Half-Life Alex has done that? I mean, no, I haven't really heard too much about it. What I've heard about it has been glowing, but right. it's not like blowing up where I've seen constant posts about it. So, no, yeah. I, I mean, I'm surprised it's that high and that not more people are talking about it. Right. Yeah. The week or so after it came out, it, it kind of was everywhere. And now I haven't seen much of it in, in quite some time. So Half-Life Alex, 93 on Metacritic. Next game. Resident Evil 3. Hmm. Josh, obviously the follow-up to the much-beloved Resident Evil 2 that came yeah. out last year that was the a critical darling. How do you think Resident Evil 3 fared this year? I don't think it fared as well. And it I didn't. feel like I guessed it would fare better than it did. <laughs> uh, to be fair, we both thought it was going to fare better than it did. Okay. Is it like a 72? It is higher than that. It's actually an 80. Okay, that's good. That's not bad. No, it's not bad at all, which is funny because I felt like the conversation around it was so negative that when I yeah. looked that score up, it was far higher than I thought it was going to be, actually. Uh, I guessed 89. Okay. You guessed 93. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, but I think that was fair. You know, it looked good. We had come off of Resident Evil 2, which had been amazing. Capcom had been firing it on all cylinders. So, yeah, I, I don't think our guesses were bad. I'll be honest. Most of the um, people who submitted guesses, too, were up in our ballpark. Okay. So there was not a lot of people who – there was a couple of people, actually, who got did well on this game. But overall, most people were, were kind of up in our upper 80s, low 90s area. So next game on the list, Josh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Hmm. You've played it. It's a 98 in my heart, Kyle. I know. I've played it. <laughs> Where do you think it's sitting at? Uh, that's a tough one. I actually didn't look at Metacritic. Well, for any of these, but I I, I, I don't really know where. Uh, I, like 93? It is sitting at an 88. That's too low. <laughs> <laughs> so that is where it's sitting currently. Uh, I know you said, or no, not Ori. Uh, Animal Crossing is in your top five of the year. Is it safe to assume Final Fantasy VII is in your top of the year as well? Yeah, it's number one right now. Gotcha. Uh, what do you think you guessed it was going to be? Uh, 85. <laughs> You're off by 10. Oh, I guessed 95. Oh, you no. did guess 95. <laughs> so high expectations. And you said it's a 98 in your heart. So you, you know, it still exceeded your expectations. Yeah. I underguessed my heart. <laughs> yeah. So I said 93. So we were both off there a little bit. Uh, but overall, 88 right now. And I think, you know, like you said, I think definitely a game of the year contender for many people right now, granted, there's a ton of heavy hitters still to come. Mm. The final game is the game we've talked about quite a bit on the show recently. That is Predator Hunting Grounds. Uh, we did talk about how currently it's sitting at a 56 Hooray. on Metacritic. Josh, do you remember what you guessed it would be? I'm going to guess I made a safety guess on this one, and I was in the 70s. I'm going to guess maybe like 72 or something like that. Uh, I guessed 72, so that okay. was good. Uh, you guessed 77. Damn it. <laughs> Well, that's not helpful at all. So, yeah. So, uh, Predator Hunting Grounds, sitting at a 56, I think... That's a lot of points I just made up there. Yeah, not made up, a lot but at the added. End, uh, yeah, a lot at the end there. After starting off really, really strong, uh, things kind of fell off a little bit at the end. Uh, I think, you know, we both agree that this game is a little better than that 56. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Probably your score. I, yeah. But I definitely understand why the game has that score to a degree. Um, so yeah, but that was the last game. The final two that were supposed to be in the contest were Ar Marvel's Iron Man VR and then The Last of Us 2, which does have a release date now in June. Uh, but the rules for the contest said they had the game had to be released by the end of May. So as a result, those two games are getting cut off. So it's just these eight games that we're going with. Um, overall, Josh, your score was 69. Hey, the sexiest of all scores. Yeah, and my score is a 56. <laughs> so. Oh, man. All right. So now the real question, Josh. Do you want to guess what the score for the winning person was? Uh, did they do better than you? Yeah, they did do better than I did. Okay. 52. Close. 49. Whoa. Good job to the 49 winner. 49 was the... Did you know who it was? No. Okay. So 49 was the winning winning score. Um, and the winner was none other than Dat Ninja Dev himself. Oh, nice. Congrats, Dev. So congratulations, Devin. You are the winner of Metaspring 2020. I will be in contact soon with your prize, $60 Amazon gift card. Ooh. So be, we'll talk about that soon. Now, Josh, typically 
that we give a second place prize. Yeah. And then we give a prize for the person who got the most number of games exactly correct. Yes. I'm going to ask if it's okay with you if I do an audible on this. Of course. And, and here's the audible. We're still going to award second place. However, there was a tie for second place, and you are the person who got the most number of games correct. <laughs> so is it okay if I take your gift and then combine it and split it to send to these people? Yeah, I don't qualify for okay. prizes. <laughs> so what I'll do, so typically second place would have been a $30 gift card, um, and then we gave a $20 gift card to the person who got the most number correct. I'm just going to send a $30 gift card to both of these people, and we will give no prize for the most number correct, because then after you, there was like five people tied at one. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so what well, we'll do is we'll just give two second place prizes, and I feel like that's fair, right? Yeah, absolutely. So this year's con- this uh, this contest this spring was very very close. As I had mentioned, Dev won at forty nine points. Two people got fifty points. Oh, yes, yeah, so very very close. Those second place winners are Ed Dickinson. Congratulations, Ed, and the person whose name I still don't know how to pronounce, but I probably should. Denny, and I don't know if it's Luce or Luce, but L U C E. And I never know because his Twitter is at loose screw L U C E. So I always, I think it's loose, it's but I don't be know. Loose then, right? Yeah. So Denny and Ed, you are our second place winners. So you will each get a thirty dollars gift card to Amazon. I will be in contact via email based off the email you submitted uh, for the contest. I'll be in contact eh, the day or so after the show releases. So don't need to reach out to me. I will reach out to you. Congratulations to everyone who participated. We really appreciate it. Uh, Metafall will be coming back, so we'll take the summer off. Um, but we will be coming back with Metafall in the fall of 2020. And it should hopefully be super exciting because not only will we have Cyberpunk and Marvel and a whole bunch of other cool games like that, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, we'll also potentially have the first batch of games PS5 that are coming games. out. Yeah, <laughs> PS5 games. And I guess, yeah, for Xbox, it won't matter, but we'll have to figure out how we're going to do that. Uh, but yeah, so we should have console launch games uh, as part of it. And that's always pretty exciting. Yeah. So with that, thank you, everyone who participated. Congratulations to our winner, Devin, and to Ed and Denny for second place. You will, I will be in contact shortly. With that wrapping up, Josh, we do have some emails, questions. Do you want to take us through those? Let's do it. Let's start with a tweet from Mr. Play Nintendo himself, Donnie Reese. He says... Or asks, how much do you care about PS5 potentially being backward compatible? For instance, would you actually play any PS1 to PS3 games if it was? Uh, Would you not buy a PS5 if you couldn't bring your library over from PS4? So there's definitely a few. So why don't we start with, Kyle, how much do you care about PS5 being backwards compatible in the aspect of PS1 to PS3 games. I don't care at all about that. Okay, neither do I. Now, the second big question, would you not buy a PS5 if you could not bring your library over from PS4? That would be a much tougher pill to swallow, mostly because I have friends who are going to probably not upgrade for a while, and I hope that I'm still going to be able to play games with them on my PS5 that they're playing on their PS4, like Overwatch and all those good things. So I'm hoping that all works out. Uh, and 
I would really hate to have to have two consoles set up, which is, this is a really dumb reason, but I literally have three shelves for gaming consoles. I have my Nintendo on one, my Switch on one, my PlayStation on one, and my Xbox on one. I don't really have another place. Yeah. Uh, so it'd be really big pain in the tuchus. Um, and I mean, this is also kind of a bit of a hypothetical because they've already said it's going to work. So yeah, it would be a tough pill to swallow, but it's also hard to think about that being the reality because we know it's not. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't buy a PS5 if I couldn't bring over, like, I have a PSVR and mm-hmm. like 30 PSVR games that yeah, I can't true. play now. So yeah, yeah I, I definitely, at least not right away, um, I would have to make the decision if I wanted to sell my PS4. But with so many games that not only you and I have both bought digitally, like, right. it's really impossible to leave that behind. And yeah. I don't have enough outlets to keep my PS4 and then add a PS5. I'm the same way. I have my PS4, and then in the middle is my Switch, and then on the right is my Xbox. Right. So, and that's yeah. the room I have. <laughs> yep, exactly. That is what I have room for. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Uh, Splig uh, jumps in with a question. Uh, he says, my mom loved Century Spice Roads last she visited. Uh, do your moms have a favorite? Uh, he also says, as a fam, we'd also play catchphrase or sequence, too. Uh, my mom loved century golem edition uh she also loved sagrada um so and she enjoys ticket to ride but they're not i don't actively play board games with my parents right that's very rare Um, but i can say she did love century um how about you yeah i don't really play board games with my parents too often though i will say typically if i when i go visit uh if we're going to play a board game it typically ends up being apples to apples oh okay yeah, that's what my and true. Yeah, my parents apples really love it. Here's the funny thing about the apples to apples my parents have. So, you know, when you buy apples to apples, right? There's the blank cards that you can customize. Yeah. So they customized one for everyone in my family except me. Oh. <laughs> so like even like my brother-in-law has a card, but I don't. That's not good. So hey, there you go. That's that's my family for you. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, it was a little ouchy. The first time I played and realized there was no card for me, it was a little a little awkward. <laughs> Oh man! Awesome. Well, that's, well, hey, yeah, that's all we get for for questions. <laughs> all right, so I don't think we need to have a therapy session for me right now about that. So thanks everyone for submitting your questions. You can always reach to uh, out to us at Board of VG on Twitter uh, or send us an email boardofvg at gmail dot com. Uh, obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we do want to give you one recommendation, suggestion, or thing we're currently into that's helping us live that well-rounded life. This is typically something not gaming related, but just something else we're into at this time. Josh, what's your recommendation for our dear listeners? Hey, so I'm I'm way behind on this, but I just started, not just, a few days ago, I started The Outsider on HBO, which is the miniseries adaptation of a Stephen King book. Yeah. Uh, directed, at least the first episode, maybe more, by Jason Bateman, um, also starring Jason Bateman, and um, starring, uh, I'm forgetting his name, but I'm a really big fan of his. He was in Bloodline and Star Wars Rogue One. And why am I forgetting his name? Ben uh, Mendelsohn? Ben Mendelsohn. Thank you. Um, it is excellent. It's It reminds me of True Detective Season 1 as far as pacing goes. Uh, it's very dramatic. It's very well acted. Uh, it has a very cool i i don't want to say cool it has an interesting stephen king twist to it um 
And I, I think I'm close. I'm on episode six. I think I'm close to the end. Um, but this is a super easy recommendation. However, I would say the first episode, it starts off with a very graphic uh, scene, which could be tough for people to watch, especially parents. Um, and then it doesn't really focus too much on uh, graphic content throughout. Just they kind of do it to get you uh, in, invested in what's happening to a certain degree. Um, so be praise yourself for that part uh, at least. Um, but if you're interested in, in stuff like that, Stephen King and, and like suspenseful dramas, mm-hmm. uh, this is excellent. Uh, yeah. very good. I've heard good things about it. I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard very, very good things about it. Uh, and similar to what you said, I I've heard that it is very off putting to some people because there's, that graphic scene right at the beginning, which I don't know what it is, but I've heard that there's a graphic scene at the beginning. Yeah. But then that really doesn't happen much in the rest of the show. No, there's like one so far. There's only been one other uh, moment and it, it pales in comparison to the first right. one, but it, it's still, I would consider graphic, but uh, yeah, uh, it, it's used for a purpose. It's not yeah. gruesome to be gruesome. So um, I think they do a good job with it. There's always I always find it interesting when there's just one really gruesome scene in a show or movie. Yeah. I, yeah. Cause did you ever see Bone Tomahawk? Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't, but I haven't seen it yet. I've heard okay. there's a there's there's uh, one real scene. scene where I'm like, <laughs> oh goodness. Uh, but then did you watch Mindhunter on Netflix? Yes. Yeah, like the very first scene of Mindhunter too. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's the kind of show this is. And then basically nothing like that happens ever again. Then it's yeah. Then it's like a. It's like a law and order. Right, exactly. (laughs) So awesome. That's The Outsider on HBO. Uh, My recommendation, uh, this is coming a little bit because we got a hard time for it on our most latest episode of Board With Everything. (laughs) Uh, It is finally nice where I live, and I have spent the last week or so, I've spent a significant amount of time outside. So in a time where we're supposed to be social distancing, that doesn't mean that if, you know, you have a backyard or something like that, that you could go out, sit outside, spend some time in nature, if you would, as close to nature as you can when living in a suburb or wherever you might live, but just spend some time outside. Soak up those sun rays. Those things could be helpful in moderation. Uh, use some sunscreen if you need to, uh, but just kind of spend some time outside with nature. Um, breathe in that outside air. That's all really good for you. So just make sure you're just taking some time to do that for yourself. Um, help you get a little more grounded, all of that good stuff. So there you go, Donnie. My recommendation. Do go it outside. for me. <laughs> we had a snowstorm yesterday. Yeah, I know. You, the weather <laughs> is a little odd. I think there's been many places that had snowstorm in the last few days. Ugh. So thanks, May. All right, Josh. Well, let's wrap up this show. <laughs> okay. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, in addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form, uh, you want to enter our contest, or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. We tag all of our stuff with hashtag boardwithfiji. Uh, so please feel free to use that hashtag as well so we can see what you are up to on all of the social medias. And whatever podcast service you are listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. Uh, that is, whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone board with video games feed. You can find me on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, 
at Why So Serious. That's S I R R I U S. I am on Steam at Josh Bones 715. And I'm still on Switch. Come and find me. Kyle, <laughs> where can people find you? So you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C Y C O C R O S S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. Next week, you'll probably have one, two, maybe even three game reviews from me. So I know we haven't been doing as many of those lately, and I want you to know we have not forgotten about them. So look for more of those next week. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.